I'm Anita Minute is a podcast rooted in spotlighting moms and their journeys into motherhood. Brought to life by the company Ama & Co., this podcast is a means to build a community and raise awareness on the highs and lows a mother endures to bring a child into this world. Thanks for listening in and join me in welcoming another mom onto the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Ama Nina Minute. Today, we have not one, but two moms on the show, Cassie and Rebecca. And it looks like they're joined by their adorable newborn baby and excitable dog. Do you guys want to take a minute to introduce yourselves? Um, so I'm Cassie. Uh, well, we're both from Florida. We're from Plant City, Florida. We are uh, high school sweethearts. And yeah. Uh, and I'm Becca. And I'm the other half of the two moms. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you guys met in high school, which is uh, very sweet. Um, and you guys have been together for how many years? Uh, I say 10 at this point. <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> but I think officially about six years. Married three. How did you guys get together in high school? Uh, we were both on the color guard team. So she was actually in band first, and then I was doing the color guard. And uh, we have two seasons. We have, like, uh, marching season, and then we have winter guard. And so, of course, her being in band, she played the clarinet. And then during marching season, and then for winter season, uh, she joined Color Guard. And then that's when we kind of actually started talking more, started, you know. Uh, well, I convinced Becca she wanted to be with me because she had a boyfriend at the time. And I told her, like, <laughs> you're going to be with me. And she was like, no, I have a boyfriend. And I was like, watch. And then we ended up together. Because <laughs> we, we started flirting once she got into Winter Guard. And... Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't really, like, uh, out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought it was playful playful flirting, and it uh, uh-huh. turned out it wasn't. It was a little bit more than <laughs> playful flirting. <laughs> so you're telling me Cassie kind of, like, initiated the the relationship a little oh, bit more. absolutely. Yeah, yes. I locked yeah. eyes on her, and I was like, uh, for sure, you're going to be with me. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> How was the support for you, Becca, when you came out? It was not good, uh, actually. So um, I think it was a while, like especially like when I started high school, that I knew that I was uh, at least attracted to women. But um, mm-hmm. I never wanted to come out unless I had a girlfriend because I didn't want my parents or anyone to be like, oh, it's just a phase. I wanted to give them proof. Mm. And so – I kind of kept it a secret for a long time. I kept it a secret from, you know, f- very close friends as well. And then um, I actually, um, my parents found out through looking at my phone that I was dating her. So, oh. I mean, it wasn't good at first, but it uh, is slowly becoming better throughout the years. And how was it coming out for you? Um, my parents were just at first like, oh, it's definitely a phase. Um, and then I like had my first girlfriend they're like oh it's a phase it's a phase and then I think after like probably 10 years of dating women they were like all right like maybe you're not maybe this is not a phase you're not gonna grow out of it so (laughs) they were more so but they've always been like super accepting of Becca Um, when her parents found out you know we had this situation where they ended up kicking her out of the house so she like my parents welcomed her with open arms and they've always been super welcoming so Mm mm-hmm that's great. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry to hear that it was a little bit uh, that way. I know it's not uncommon for 
young adults at that age to kind of have that friction with their parents at the time. Like I, I remember a really close friend of mine um, came out in college and it definitely freaked me out because he was making it sound like he was very ill. Like he was like, I have something to tell you. And like, I don't know to tell you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're sick. You're telling me you're sick. Like, this is it. And then he's like, no, like, mm-hmm. it. and then his mom like really struggled with it. So um, I totally mm-hmm. like remember that time and how, how hard it is for someone to just be very true to themselves and, and be open like that. So um, thank you guys for coming on and, and talking about it so openly. Um, so you've been married for a while how did you decide it was time to start a family um so I mean she always wanted uh I mean I I don't want to just say she um we always wanted a family I mean from you know the time I was really young I always wanted to be a mom like when all the kids were saying I want to be a doctor I want to be a vet I want to be you know an astronaut I was like I want to be a mom I don't know what I want to do career-wise but I do want to be a mom Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I kind of caught on that she was the same way, but being in the military, it kind of is hard. And I feel like we have to have a plan based off of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we moved out here at that point, uh, we'd been together for quite some time. We'd been married for about a year and a half half, going on two years. And so we just decided, you know, why not now? So how did you guys decide who would carry and who did carry? Um, so I carried. Um, we decided because uh, we just kind of like started tossing ideas around. And then Becca was like, well, you have the body that can bounce back. So you're going first. <laughs> and so we just uh, then it just became us talking about me getting pregnant. And it kind of like solidified. And yeah. plus, Becca's on a ship right now, so she really couldn't get pregnant mm. because she's stationed on a ship. So just with the timing and everything, it just it just worked out for me to be the one to get pregnant. And we didn't want, um, you know, me being on the ship, um, being a reason that we didn't start our family now. Mm-hmm. And so the way military works is once you go to a boat and once you start your sea time, uh, obviously you can't be pregnant on the boat. So they'll take you off, but you still owe that sea time. Yeah you know, if you continue to stay in. And I didn't want to risk having to, like, go to another ship. Go to another ship. So. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that strict, but I guess it makes sense from, like, a safety perspective. If something were to happen, like, and you were on a ship, how would they mm-hmm. have the medical resources for you? So I kind of get it, right. but it's also mm-hmm. a little sad that, like, you know, it kind of limits some of the women who might want to be taking on that assignment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I saw in uh, my last command, there was a girl that um, got pregnant. And so she actually came to Corpus because she was on a ship. And so she had a baby. And once her baby was like a certain age, they're like, okay, well, you know, this duty station was only temporary while you had your baby. Uh, Now you have to look at orders. And, um, you know, she was a single mom and her baby was less than a year old. And they were like, well, you still owe this sea time. And they made her go back to a ship. So that's crazy. It's mm-hmm. they're very like y- you owe me. How did you go about the process of like um, finding so a donor? Or- actually, 
found um, a Facebook page that's called um, Home Insemination. And it's a bunch of a variety of people that do at home insemination. And they shared there's all kinds of stuff like we found something that's super crazy, but they have like a Tinder website for donors and it's just strictly for donors. So we looked into that idea a little bit, but we, what, before this, when we lived in Texas, we had a friend that offered and um, it kind of like ended up falling out because we moved here and it was just not right. And our timing wasn't right. So um, one of Becca's friends on the ship had mentioned like, oh, I would love to be, you know, a donor. So I don't have the responsibility of the kid, but I still can have a kid. And um, so we were like, okay. So one day out of the blue, we were just like, hey, like, can we take you up on that offer? So walk me through this insemination process. It sounds like you did some research on Facebook. Um, but did you seek help with like a OB um, or a gyno and understand that process? Did you have to buy a kit? Like maybe a little bit more. So um, we actually didn't see an OB until I was confirmed that I was pregnant. Um, we didn't even see an OB the first time that I got pregnant either. Um, like we just kind of said, screw it, we'll do it ourselves. Um so we bought what's called the Mosey Baby Kit. It's online. It's like $100. And it comes with a syringe and like a semen cup. And we just kind of invited our friend over. And it was actually funny how it happened because for a year before, we started tracking my ovulation and so that we knew the window. Well, the first time I got pregnant was during the ovulation window. And then we miscarried. And Becca's ship was about to leave for deployment. And it was like the day before. And mm-hmm. we were just like, it's outside my ovulation window, but like, you know, why not make a donation? You're here and you guys are going to leave. And it was that very last time outside my ovulation window that I actually got pregnant with her. So (laughs) it was, Um, it was pretty perfect. (laughs) That's awesome. And the ovulation window, you knew that from your app or you knew that from like taking the test, the ovulation test? We took ovulation tests and then we had an app that actually scanned the ovulation test and then told Mm. us like what our peak days were and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very cool. Um, and very interesting. Like, I, I don't know, do you guys have like a very strong, like, science background? Or, or are you just like very research driven people? Like, we just once, <laughs> once we knew that we wanted to start a family, we just kind of like, we just did a bunch of research on like how this process works. I mean, even when it came to picking a donor, we actually made like a two page contract with like, seven bullets of like specifics of things that we didn't want and that we wanted and made sure that he signed that prior to, um, you know, her being born. So Mm -hmm. it was a lot of research and a lot of reaching out to people on Facebook that have experienced the same thing. And a lot of help on that app too, or not the app, sorry, the Facebook page. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing that there's this um, community on Facebook essentially that's like filling this gap for people, right? Like knowledge and, and yeah, I, um, it's funny cause I feel like I used to use Facebook and then I didn't. And then now that I'm a mom, I'm using Facebook more than ever. <laughs> yes. uh, it like comes back, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, what are some of the things you put in the contract for the donor? Like, does, does he have a relationship with her or does he plan to have a relationship with her? Um, so we put in there one of like the most minuscule things we put in there was that we, we don't want him to be called anything other than helper. Like even by other like family members or his family members as well. Mm. Um, we did put in there though, um, there was no financial compensation through any of the process. However, with Becca being in the military and him also being in the military, we might possibly get stationed somewhere else. And the first part of the contract is stating that he's bound to us for the next seven years. 
so that we can have kids by the same donor. Um, And so the only uh, like financial compensation we said is, you know, if we were in a different place and we had to fly him out to us that we would, but um, we would cover travel expenses. Yeah. It was stuff like that. It was also another thing that we put in there um, was that if something were to happen to Becca and I, and he wanted to financially step up, not physically um, that he could, if he wanted to, um, just little things like that. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's so cool. And I think it's interesting. You guys are thinking ahead of like, if we want a second, we would mm-hmm. want similar genetics. I'm guessing oh, yeah. that's why you. Yes. You want, okay. Very interesting. Cause we want to be able to say that our kids are at least uh, all bio- biologically related, yeah. whether, you know, mm-hmm. it comes from me or it comes from them. They at least share mm-hmm. the same, uh, Plus, I think it'll just be easier, um, you know, for future reference. Like, once she turns old enough that we decide that we want to let her know that she has a donor. I mean, obviously, she's going to figure out through school and stuff. But once we have that conversation, it'll be easy to tell all of our kids that they have the same donor. So we're not having to be like, oh, this one was yours, and this one was yours, and this one was yours. And also for medical history as well. Um, It just makes Mm. it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also put in the contract that... Um, you know, when she turned 18, we were able to, um, give her like his phone number, but, Mm. um, it's up to him, obviously, if he wants to, um, accept the phone call or anything. But as far as relationship wise, um, we kind of, we, we already have like a friendship with him anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's mainly strictly like a friendship relationship. Um, but he was actually the first person to ever meet her. It coincidentally happened like that because, um, he offered to bring us food the day after she was born to the hospital and he ended up coming up there and meeting her, but he didn't hold her or anything. He's very hands off. Respectful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That sounds like a really great, um, like part, like relationship in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a really great relationship, like knowing, your boundaries like you guys really set your boundaries which is great mm-hmm. um and him kind of just being very respectful about it mm-hmm. um so yeah so i'd love to hear more about the pregnancy um through both your perspectives <laughs> uh, i think it's really interesting because like you know both of you being women you probably have some kind of intuition and some understanding but only one of you carried so i'm curious to, to hear um how both of you thought the pregnancy went um i would say for me being the one who carried Pregnancy was pretty awful uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons was um, six months of my pregnancy, Becca was actually deployed. So um, oh. we're out in California and we're from Florida. So we have no family here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty hard experiencing pregnancy because, you know, you want to call and say, oh, you know, like the baby's kicking or this is happening. Yeah. And it was super hard because Becca was deployed. So I couldn't just pick up the phone and call her or, you know, have her here physically. Um, so it was definitely hard. And then I went through a terrible pregnancy. I had um, COVID twice. I had a oh kidney infection twice. Um, I ended up with gestational diabetes. Um, I had oh my gosh. gallstones. Like it was just. In the beginning, you had <laughs> nosebleeds because the baby oh, yeah. was taking your iron. Yeah. You had oh my gosh. Uh, like uh, gum problems because oh, yeah. the baby was taking the calcium. Yeah, she I was, had gun problems too. Oh, mm-hmm. she was just yeah. ripping me. Like, she was, <laughs> she was oh killing me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, once Becca did come home from deployment, it was super nice. And it was 
almost I would say at the perfect time too because that's when like she was most active and like my belly was big enough that it was noticeable and we could experience yeah we could experience like the main things together I think the worst part about pregnancy was that um I did go I did fly home to have a gender reveal and that was super awesome but Becca and I didn't get to find out together Mm -hmm. so she actually found out a day before me which I was pretty mad about no it was it was almost like a week Oh, yeah, it was a week. So, How did you finagle that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was on deployment, obviously. And when she got the blood work done, she put down a number for uh, Livia's godparents, Cassie's best friend, to uh, receive the gender. And so yeah. they got the phone call and they knew. And then the donor, he ended up, like, talking to... Tegan and was like hey listen we're gonna be in Guam and you know I really kind of want to throw like maybe like a little something so that Becca can find out the gender can you let me know and I did not know that he knew for about a week or so if not a week and a half before this and then um so we had our um like a port visit in Guam and he put this like little video together and he told me it was a girl and we all drank and had a good time and then I had to keep it from her for another week. <laughs> Meanwhile. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard because Becca is not one to keep secrets from me. Like I usually yeah. can get it out of her. And I think to, I think it was the very last day, the day before the um, gender reveal, I kept telling Becca, I really wanted a girl like really bad. And I was yeah. like, am I going to be disappointed? And she's like, well, I don't think you'd be disappointed either way. We're having a baby, but, like, you'll be okay. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm like, okay, so we're having a girl. (laughs) And, I mean, I kind of had a feeling for a while that it was going to be a girl, only because um, the moment that 100% confirmed that way she was pregnant, um, we instantly started talking about baby names. And she said the name Livia Maeve. And I was like, absolutely, without a doubt. And oh I was like God. stuck from then. And yeah. she was like, well, obviously it could be a boy or a girl. So yeah. um, so she was like, it could be uh, a boy or a girl. So let's find a boy name. And we tried yeah. and tried for weeks. Um, and probably about two months in, like right before the gender reveal, we still could not set on a name for a boy. So yeah. I kind of felt like that was the universe telling us that. It was going to be a girl. We still can't even come up with a boy's name. And Rekha wants to carry next. And we're like, we might be screwed. Yeah, if we have <laughs> a boy, we might have to wait till he comes out before we can agree on a boy's name. So, yeah. As far as like pregnancy, her pregnancy and like uh, my experience from it is, um, I guess like it was, it was kind of hard getting ultrasound pictures and like hearing about the uh, appointments and like not being there. But I knew that that's what I was like uh, risking. I knew that I was going to be missing early pregnancy and all of the little things like the heartbeat and the first heartbeat and the first ultrasound and all that. um, If I wanted to be able to experience like all the other stuff, but But the doctors were super nice. And every time I went to an appointment, they were allowing me to record. So I got to record like most of it to send to her. And it was really hard with like the time period too, because I mean, like for her, you know, she would have an appointment at, you know, maybe like eight o'clock in the morning or like maybe like one o'clock in the afternoon. But for me, that could be 
two o'clock in the morning or it could be, you know, seven o'clock in the afternoon, my time because of yeah. uh, the time difference. time difference and stuff. But yeah. I'm, in the beginning, at least, uh, she had taken a pregnancy test and it was positive and I was super happy and I was like, oh my gosh. And she was back home when she took it. And then when she came home, she started getting negatives. So she was like, oh, you know. Oh, wow. And I mean, uh, like we said, like she had experienced a miscarriage right. a couple months prior. So we we're like, okay, well, like maybe that's what was happening again. Mm-hmm. And she was just very like calm and relaxed and did not stress whatsoever. But me being on deployment and far away, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like freaking out. And then she was like, well, you know, I'm just not going to stress. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I'm over here, you know, stressing about everything, even though it's not like I can control the situation. And then um, about, I think it was another two weeks later, uh, she got blood work that confirmed like she was pregnant. So I don't know. She just wanted to play games for a little bit. It was like a... (laughs) It was hard because we'd go to the doctors and we'd get good news, but they would also give us bad news. And like, Mm -hmm. for example, I went to, I was having really bad cramping in the beginning and we went to the hospital and they were like, oh, well, you know, we see a baby, but the heartbeat's not strong. So we're not for sure. No, not there. Oh yeah. The heartbeat wasn't there. And they're like, oh, but it might be too early. And so it was like that waiting period of like stressing. Mm -hmm. And then they would tell us something else. It was like, oh, um, you know, the heartbeat's there, but it's not strong. And then it was like, okay, heartbeat's strong, but you know, now you're having uh, your iron problems or now you're having this problem. So it was always like a answered prayer and then another problem. And that's so hard to go through alone. Like, not that you were alone alone, but essentially, like, you didn't have your support person with you at the appointment right. to, like, hear it with you, you know? Because um, it sounds like you literally tried to try the insemination, and then Becca was on a ship the next day. That's yes. what you guys make it sound like. Yeah. So you that's, didn't yeah, even know she was. was pregnant Mm-mm. when you left. Mm-mm. So how did you tell her um, when you... I was... Yeah. Uh, I got a call from my like primary care doctor confirming with the blood work and I immediately started crying. I was so like overwhelmed because I thought she was going to call and be like, cause she kind of had an attitude cause I had went before the, for the miscarriage. She's like, are you testing for the same pregnancy? And I'm like, no, like I, I'm a lesbian. I inseminated and I know like what time the timing and everything. So when she yeah. called, she was like, Oh, I guess you're right. You are pregnant. And I'm like, what? And so I was like immediately crying. And it was really, that's another thing that was like super hard during the entire pregnancy was trying to wait to not tell anybody else before I told Becca, especially because, you know, I was alone and there could be days on end where I didn't get a chance to talk to her. Mm -hmm. So I immediately was like, I have to tell somebody, like, I can't just not tell anyone. So I called like my family and I told them. And so Becca had video chatted me later that night. And um, I was just like, I have something to tell you. And she's like, what? And she immediately started crying. It was like a super Mm -hmm. sweet moment we got to share. And so, yeah. So that's how I ended up telling her. And then she probably went around and bragged to everyone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Going down. Yeah, like everyone on the ship. Yeah. Screaming in the library. My life's pregnant. Yeah, right. (laughs) Get on top of the desk. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. I caught quickly that, Becca, you said you would like to carry next time. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I definitely do. At I mean, first, I wasn't sure. 
uh, especially because of how much trouble she gave her during the pregnancy. But coming yeah. home and seeing all of the good parts of pregnancy, like getting to see her kick and getting to, I don't know, like see the birth. I mean, yeah, it was easy. The main finale. Good <laughs> <laughs> to see how beautiful that was. Yeah. I have a feeling it's not going to be like that. For I think you. that I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, yeah, let's dive into that actually. So, um, so you come home, you, how many weeks were you when Becca came home? 27 yeah 27 okay okay so you still had like a good 10 weeks to go um Mm -hmm. so how so I'm guessing the last trimester was okay I know you had a lot of like health stuff but yeah it was um, okay Becca did have to go um she had to go to Florida for schooling for two weeks and as soon as she did that's when I got my second kidney infection got admitted and they were they were talking about like preterm labor and so they were like making me sign waivers that you know just in case they can induce labor and stuff and so I'm like on the phone like Becca get home and so luckily like her chain of command was like no go be home with your wife so they put her on the next flight and she came home and was able to stay with me Mm -hmm. so honestly I think I was home from that moment until she was born basically I only had roughly four days total of actual work yeah because mm-hmm. um my when I came home I came home up and I still had like a week and a half that they allowed me just to be home and not have to worry about work or anything and then I went to work for a day and my ship was actually leaving for two weeks and my chief did all the coordinating for me to not be on the underway so oh. I was able to stay behind, and um, then the ship came back. I worked two more days, and then she was here. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very nice to be able to spend like as the much last time bit of pregnancy, yeah, as we could yeah. together. Did you spend that time like besides relaxing? Did you spend it like taking classes, or like how did you guys prepare together? <laughs> I wish I mean, or I did wish you not we would have took classes. <laughs> yeah, I um, wish we would have, I really, but I feel like we just winged it. Yeah, we <laughs> just, just been okay. winging it. So one thing that you're we like, did... I've done enough research on this insemination thing. I'm just gonna. Oh, yeah, wing we're like we're, we're gonna figure it out. Honestly, the one thing though that Becca like requested um, for us to do together was the nursery. So mm-hmm. we actually like spent a good amount of that time like decorating. We had a baby shower, mm-hmm. um, got a bunch of decorations, and then really just like making the house baby efficient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we just spent a lot of time cleaning and doing things to prepare. I guess a lot of our research came from maybe like TikTok videos or something. (laughs) (laughs) Of like the do's and don'ts when it comes to the newborn phase or, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I think we did a lot of just like making sure that this house is as convenient for us as possible because we have a two-story yeah so we okay. went and bought like a pack and play that has a changing table on it yeah. for downstairs. So the downstairs diaper mm-hmm. changes and then you know upstairs and making sure our room is you know efficient efficient so yeah yeah awesome mm-hmm. um and so how did you know you were in labor did any did you feel different when you woke up like how was that experience? Um, so actually, she was born on Mother's Day, so Sunday. Aww. But the Monday before, um, I we had a doctor's appointment. It was like my my thirty eight week appointment or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thirty eight week appointment. And so um, we went in, and it was pretty cool. We actually had a lesbian doctor as well, so it like worked oh. out perfectly. Yeah. Um, so she checked me, and I was uh, 
what was it, three centimeters dilated? <gasps> and so I'm like, oh. Three centimeters at week 38 checkup? At week 38, mm-hmm. yes. And you were just hanging out. You yeah, were like, I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, great time, <laughs> you know? And not, oh, my God. And so we were very shocked when she said three. And so we went home, and I kind of was a little crazy, and I really wanted her here, so I drank some castor oil. <laughs> 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Do not do that. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So we were like laying in bed and my contractions were like five minutes apart, super duper strong, um, lasting like a minute apiece. So we were like, okay, it's go time. So we went up to the hospital and our lesbian doctor friend was there. And so she was like, I literally just saw you guys. And we're like, well, and so I dilated to a four Mm -hmm. and then I stopped at that point. So they were like, you know, we can't medically do anything because you're too early um, yeah. So at that point we talked to her and she was like, okay, we can schedule an induction for 39 weeks on the dot. And so we were like, awesome. Then Tuesday we were just hanging out and I guess I peed myself cause I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought my water broke. And so I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, my water broke. It's go time. So we go back to the hospital and they're like, nothing's happening. And they're like, you, but are- you were still already four. Right. And so they're like, you're an early labeler, but nothing's oh happening. Gosh. You're not progressing. And so I was dealing with contractions and that was actually the first time I got to experience fentanyl, um, which is like a a pain pain reliever that they give that's super strong. Um, And so I got some of that, went home and labored for about a week. And then on Sunday, because we were trying everything. We were Saturday. Huh? Yeah. But we were trying everything. We were walking like three miles a day. We went to the, yeah. the San Diego Zoo, and that place is huge. And we walked all around that place. We tried yeah. everything we could, oh um, the yoga ball and everything. Nothing was happening. Yeah. So when Saturday rolled around, we were just like, you know what? Like, she's obviously stubborn. She's going <laughs> to come when she wants to come. So, like, let's just relax. Let's have, like, yeah. you know, our last date day if that, you know, if that's going to yeah, be it. Yeah. So we ended up going to Dave & Buster's. And we're sitting there enjoying a beer together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like drinking yeah. a beer, having Go for a good time. It. Yeah. People are looking at you guys like, yeah. she, like you know, she's like, really yeah. pregnant drinking that beer. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> and so yeah. we, uh, we hung out with our friend for a little bit and her baby. And then as soon as we laid in bed, it was actually kind of funny how it happened because I was laying there and <laughs> Becca's like scrolling on her phone and she's like, I'm like, dude, something just fell out of me. And she's like, what? <gasps> and I'm like, something like just fell out of me. So I stood up and, you know, my water had broke. So it just like kept coming out. Oh and so I'm gosh. like, babe, my water broke. But she, you know, from Tuesday with before, she's, she's like, oh, like, yeah, your water broke. Stop crying she, wolf. Yeah. She's <laughs> sitting there scrolling on her phone and she's like, babe, oh you're God. fine. And I'm like, get your ass up. Like, I am in labor right now. And she's like, you know, should we? Because they we had done some research and they said to wait 30 minutes. And if it's still coming out at 30 minutes, yeah. that means like your water broke. So Becca's like, just lay down. We'll do the 30 minute thing. And I don't know what it was, but it, it was intuition or like adrenaline or like my body like telling me like this is actually happening. But I was like panicking. I'm like, oh. this is happening right now. Like I'm telling you, get up right now, grab our bags. Yeah. It's happening. And so wow. we like scrambled as fast as we could. And Becca's mm-hmm. still on the way to the hospital. She's still doubting me. I'm pretty sure she's still <laughs> doubting me. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I'm going to drive the long way. <laughs> she's like, I don't know about this. And I'm like sitting there in the like labor and delivery triage. And it was super awkward because I'm telling them like, I'm telling you guys, I am for sure my water yeah. broke. And they're like, yeah. 
I don't know, you know, like we have to do this test and I'm like, it's literally coming out of me. Can we like hurry this process up? And so they did this swab that like turns blue if it's your water. And so as soon as that thing, like as soon as she touched me and it turned blue, Becca was like, oh, you weren't lying. And I'm like, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm telling you, I knew it was happening. But I, I distinctly, I will never forget like the ride to the hospital because Becca was going pretty fast. But I've just, I just remember like my adrenaline, like my body was telling me like, it's actually happening. So I had like this flood of emotions and I'm like <gasps> emotional, but I'm like nervous. And then I'm also doubting myself. Like, okay, did I pee myself again? Like what is happening? <laughs> and, but I'm like, but I know for sure. Like I know. And so, yeah. Wow. That's so cool that you had that. Like, I don't know. Is it a maternal instinct? Like you just had the the right emotions going through and you knew like intuitively, like I am in labor right now. I, I, I don't, I, I couldn't describe it to Becca. I just kept telling her like, there is not a single doubt in my mind right now that that yeah. was my water breaking. It was just like this feeling that overcame me. Like it's happening. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. And you guys, I mean, you guys rushed to the hospital. Is it because you like, they told you to rush over or is it like, you just were like, Oh, like, I think we're just ready. Yeah, we 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 we're just like, come on, let's go. Because that Monday, when she told us that we had dilated to a four, we had already had the hospital bags packed, the car seat was already in the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had just been, you know, in such a in such a hurry to like try and get her out that when it actually happened, I was like, we got to go, like it's happening. Because I because I dilated so quick, it was like an hour that I dilated from a three to a four. I was just like panicking almost because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm at. When we got to the hospital, I was still freaking four, not going anywhere, (laughs) which was so annoying. No contractions, no nothing. Yeah, I was just out of the blue water breaking. Yeah. And it took you a good uh, three, four hours before they even gave you Pitocin. And it wasn't even until the Pitocin that your body was like, oh, I guess we should start contracting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, um, that's why I asked about like why you rushed over because I feel like when my water broke, I was still home for like a good 12 hours. Like I I was hanging out. I wish we would have did that, but I think like we were just so excited and it was our first baby and no one ever tells you, that's definitely something that no one ever tells you. Like when your water breaks, you have time. Cause man, I'm the type of person that man, even if we're going to Walmart, I'm like putting makeup on, (laughs) I'm doing my hair. So I'm like. That day, I was, like, hair up in a bun, like, last night's clothes. Like, it was awful. And so I was kind of mad that no one told yeah, you us that. like, taken a shower. Right. Like, you know, like, done your face. Like, I want to look good for my baby when it, she first sees me. Exactly. <laughs> but they didn't. First impressions and, matter. And plus, they, like, like Becca said, they, you know, they make you wait at least three hours to see if your body will do yeah. it itself. So if right. I would have known that, we could have still been laying in bed, Becca doubting me. That was me. That was me. I So it's funny you said, like, right when you crawled into bed, because that's actually what happened to me. I was waiting all week. I was like, he's going to come. He's going to come. He didn't come. I was on the ball, like, rolling around. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. I guess he's not coming today. So I got into bed, and that is, like, literally when my water broke. I think, I think you just, like, relax. relax. Like, you're yeah. like, yes. I'm going to sleep and rest. Um, and that's when they're then, like, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I was like home and then um, we did a bunch of classes and like, we were like, okay, when you go to the hospital, sometimes your labor um, slows down because you're just mm-hmm. in a different environment. You're not home. So you're right. not as like relaxed. 
So we were like, okay, let's delay going as long as possible. So I was like home, like watching TV, eating snacks, like <laughs> trying to sleep, like just hanging out. And then Man, um, we didn't we didn't tell my parents until like we were literally headed to the hospital. And they were like, oh, like, what happened? Like, when did your water break? And I was like, oh, like, last night. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, la- like, 11 p.m. They're like, and you're not at the hospital? And we were, like, in the Costco parking lot at this point because we were, like, about to go to Costco to, like, just walk around. And, like, I don't, I don't, like, because it was winter time, So we couldn't, like, walk around outside on the street. It was too cold. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's go to Costco and, like, look around and, like, just, just see what's going on there. Because I was tired of walking around my house. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just funny because I think when you look at like movies and stuff, people have that impression of like, right. your water broke. You need to get to the hospital now. You're about to have I think to that's what we had. I think that's yeah. definitely what we just like instilled the movie thing. And yeah. I wish that we would have because um, our doctor friend kept telling us like, you know, they're not going to feed you. Like they're not going to feed you yes. at all until you give birth. And we, I guess the adrenaline just took over. We didn't even think about that. So we were there for like seven hours before she was born. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Actually seven is not too bad, but Mm -hmm. like for you not to have any food in your system while you're doing it is a lot. I think (laughs) think like because of the adrenaline and we were just so excited and it wasn't like we just got there and we sat there. It was very quick. And my, uh, our doctor friend was actually the one we wanted to deliver her, but Mm. she had just left out of town. Homegirl's stubborn. She's like, no, you're not going to get the doctor you want. So she just left, but she had left. She was super nice. And she left a note for all the rest of the doctors, like, call me when she goes into labor. Like, you know, let me know and take really good care of her and like wrote a bunch of notes. And so as soon as they confirmed it was my water breaking, things like happened so fast. There were a million things happening. So it, it really didn't even seem like that long Mm -hmm. because so much stuff was happening, but I really wish we would eat. (laughs) Stopped at McDonald's or something. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? My husband was like eating a burger while I was like in labor. <laughs> so first of all, I can't believe you're four centimeters for like two, for a week because when I was taught this labor and delivery piece, they told me that at four centimeters, you should be admitted into the hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm really surprised they sent you home like twice. Yes. Um, And so I guess that kind of makes sense as to why you rushed over there. But you weren't in like pain. No. At four centimeters, you were just hanging out. The I think the entire time, even through labor, I did not experience pain except when they gave me the epidural. I was laying on my left side, and so it rushed all to left side, and I felt everything on my right, and that was probably the only time I experienced oh, pain the entire interesting. thing. Yeah. So you're laying on your left, and when they give you the epidural, you said the pain rushes to your right? Like So the medicine is, it's gravity activated. So like, that's usually why they have you like lay down flat as soon as you get over. But her heart rate was dropping. So they had me roll to my left side to promote her, you know, waking up and stuff. And when they did, they had left me on my left side for so long that the medicine was only on my left side. And so I felt every contraction. And I was like, seven centimeters yeah Yeah, i think they call it the transition or something it's from seven to ten centimeters it's the most that's the most intense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's when i felt she felt yeah that's when i felt (laughs) only on my right right side yeah cool (laughs) so it sounds like she comes out without a hitch like are you watching becca are you which side of the curtain are you watching (laughs) (laughs) i was watching and it cracks me up too because her brother and his girlfriend were actually pregnant as well. And they were two weeks 
behind, behind Cassie. And so okay. Bob, the brother, would always be like, oh, are you going to watch? Are you going to watch? And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm going to stay by the head. There's plenty of doctors and nurses down there. Like, I'm just going to worry about Cassie. And he was like, really? My dad said he saw Jesus when he saw us being born. And I'm like, I'm going to see him when I die. So I'm sure I don't need to see him when, you know, Olivia comes out. And so I kept making that joke that I wouldn't see her and like I wouldn't look down there. And I don't know. It was just like in the moment. And one of the nurses was like, oh, you can see the head. And I about broke my neck. Just <laughs> looking. I'm like, <laughs> so I think it just kind of. And from then on, I was just invested. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. She also yeah. watched like a YouTube video of like live birth before Mm -hmm. just so she could be like yeah I guess I could watch it (laughs) yeah I've heard some women ask for like a mirror like Mm -mm. so they could see themselves (laughs) so they they know whether or not they're pushing yeah they asked me that but honestly I couldn't feel anything from the waist down and on top of that I was so high out of my mind I was making jokes like I was just laughing the whole time so I just I had no interest and they were like afterwards they're like do you want to see the placenta and I was like absolutely not so I was like, no, I just didn't want to see anything. Plus, I've heard horror stories about people like looking down there afterwards and they're like, you'll never be able to unsee that. So I'm like, I don't want to see. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't look Mm-mm. like even postpartum. I have. I didn't look. I was like, can was you like, look for me and let me know how <laughs> the healing is going? Because I don't want to look. Exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. So even with that, even with that looking, Becca, you still are open to carrying. Oh, yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, I, d- I mean, I don't know if I'm going to look for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, she, like I said, she made it look so easy. Uh, so we asked someone in the room to take pictures. Mm. And just today, mm. I was, like, looking at the pictures. And um, you know how iPhones give you, like, the timestamp? Like, it tells you, like, the exact minute that that was uh, yeah. taken. The very first push was at 7.38. And she was born at 7.56. So she was pushing for not even 20 minutes and she was out. So I mean, I think it was just the epidural, like it just calms you. So I went from like a seven to a 10, like immediately, really fast. Soon as I got the epidural. And then, like I said, I was very, very high. So I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I kind of regret being that high just because I don't remember much of it. Um, Like you weren't in the moment so much. Right. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hard to get like that first, you know, special emotional moment just because I was so Mm -hmm. like giggly and (laughs) it was just awful. She also was super tiny too. So, I mean, like when, when I like had this picture of the horror story, I was thinking like of a 10 pound baby coming out and it wasn't like that at all. Like, She was so yeah. tiny that I was very confused at first what was coming out. <laughs> I was like, are you sure that's the baby? <laughs> and then she came all the way out and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so Cassie, how long did it take for the drugs to wear off? Uh, a long time. <laughs> because we like had... Like half a day or... <laughs> yeah, I would say about half a day because we had given birth to her and then we had all this like paperwork and stuff to do. And then they moved us to the postpartum ward. And once we got to the postpartum ward, they had like taken my catheter out and they were like, do you need to go to the bathroom? They kept like 
basically forcing me. So I was like, let's go. Yeah. And so a yeah. nurse came over and she grabbed my arm and I went to stand up and immediately fell to my feet because <gasps> oh my I gosh. could not feel anything from my waist down. Oh no. And it was, it was super awkward too. Cause I like had to make her wipe for me afterwards and stuff. Cause I literally no, could not I mean, feel anything. Used, I mean, that they, that's probably why they push like you to try to go so they right. kind of like assess you. can you feel your bladder can you feel like you know your legs um yeah I, i'm sure she's oh yeah that. couldn't feel yeah. anything for a while it was so yeah. awful so when you started to f- have feeling come back um was it painful like was it painful now like when you started to feel no i didn't honestly even like postpartum i didn't I didn't really suffer any pain whatsoever. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, especially for first baby. Like, it yeah. was so, so, such a breeze, honestly. I, we, yeah. you know, listened to TikTok, got like the dermaplast and everything that they and said. Yes. making padsicles. Yeah, making padsicles and, yeah. and all that stuff. I didn't use anything. Like, yeah. Oh my I just, gosh. I was perfectly fine. I mean, maybe some like Tylenol every once in a while, but like, I yeah. was perfectly fine. Like you didn't great. like the witch hazel yeah, the spray witch hazel or awful. the pads or anything. I think it was just pads and yeah. diapers. Yeah. So yeah, amazing. Um, are you deciding? Did are you breastfeeding? Is yes, exclusively yeah. breastfeeding. How is it going? It's going pretty well. Um, definitely say it's not what people tell you that it is. <laughs> it's not as you know such a beautiful thing that everyone expresses that it is. Um, it's definitely yeah. stressful. I would say like being your child's only food source is like stressful. And we also, in the beginning, when my milk first came in, we had, well, we started collecting colostrum at like 32 weeks. And then as soon as my milk came in, I just overproduced so much. We had an entire freezer sash and it was a beautiful thing. But then 12 days after I gave birth, I had surgery. And so Uh Um, we had to use the freezer sash and then it just, it was the most upsetting thing to watch it just deplenish. <laughs> it was awful. Cause then you're yeah. like, man, like now I don't have an emergency stash or anything. Oh yeah. Um, and then we had a little bit of an issue with her latching. Um, but then we saw a lactation specialist and it was, it was like bittersweet because I was so like upset about her not being able to latch. And then we went to lactation specialist and when she did end up latching after the lactation specialist helped, I literally like almost cried because I was just like so overjoyed, you know, that like I I can still do it. it and it's been it's been pretty great after that. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole middle of the night. I think she's hungry at like three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. You're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad that the lactation consultant was able to help because I feel like it's so empowering when it works oh, yes. and you're like, wow, like. I'm so much more efficient now, right? And she's getting what she needs. And, like, this could become a beautiful thing. So, like, I know you're saying it isn't beautiful. But, like, I feel like um, like she's going to only get more and more fun. Like, oh, yeah. She's cute now. It's only going to get more fun. And oh, I, I can't think wait. for me, like, one thing that I loved to do was, like, when I was on maternity leave, I loved to, like, kind of take naps with 
my baby. Oh yes. We don't we don't co-sleep like we sleep train them, but then like sometimes I like to fall asleep on the boob and then it's like so cute when they fall asleep on the boob and I would like nurse him in the bed and he would sleep there and I'd be like, Oh, I'm just gonna sleep too. We just have a little cat nap. And I it was like one of my favorite things to do when I was like, It's not also working. super convenient too, because like if we go somewhere, we don't have to worry about packing yeah. bottles and yep. you know, worry about that extra twenty minutes. Like we also for a while we did a what we call milk math. Where we'd be like, okay, we heated a bottle, so it's only good for two hours. Or, like, if we yes. put it in with an ice pack and it's good for four hours. Like, it was just yeah. so <laughs> Too stressful. much, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm just yeah. like, and eh, if we go and publish, starts crying, I'll just put her on the boob. <laughs> put her boob, yeah. yeah. And it's really great for flights, too. Because, oh, yes. like, if their ears pop, you can nurse them and it'll get the, the popping sensation out. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Like, you know how you chew gum or you, like ball to get the the ears fixed mm-hmm. um so yeah so i'll usually like nurse them when we're taking off or or going down um, that's awesome advice because we actually have yeah. a flight booked in august so yeah. <laughs> oh, are you going back to florida yes mm-hmm. to visit? oh my gosh your family's gonna be so excited cassie i know you're you're the one who carried but becca's been holding livia this entire sh- uh, this entire <laughs> recording so i'm curious like how does your relationship with her differ between the two of you Um, I don't know. In the beginning, we were, um, before we even had her, we were very, like, set on that we wanted to be able to, like, I would breastfeed or pump so that Becca could feed her as well so that they could also create Mm. that bond. Um, And so Becca actually, funny story, um, when I was pregnant, Becca made a promise to me that as long as I was exclusively breastfeeding, she would change all the diapers. Mm -hmm. So for, like, the first six weeks, I probably changed three. (laughs) Um, nice. <laughs> and so it's just, I think, um, our relationships definitely differ just because she knows like the difference between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. it, in some days it cracks me up. Like some days she prefers Becca. Like today is a Becca day. Like she prefers, <laughs> she prefers mama for sure. Um, oh. but some days, you know, like when she's super irritable or, oh, you know, she's just not, just yeah, having a bad day, just having a bad day, then she wants me. But it's really, I think it does set in because we're both women and we both have like that maternal instinct that she can sense that because, um, you know, she, she definitely favors both of us. She has, yeah. takes her turns. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's playing you against each other already. Oh, yes. <laughs> Becca's definitely oh. the soft parent. And oh, yeah. Not. She does that little pout face right before she cries. And I'm like, what do you want? We'll go to the store. I'll buy you whatever. <laughs> you want to burn your car? I'll get it to you. <laughs> um, how are you guys distinguishing? Like, is Becca, mm-hmm. you said Becca's mama? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm mommy. Yeah, what about Kat? You're Bless mommy. You. Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the hardest part about that is, like, trying to instill it into, like, our family because they're just, like, call us both mom or, like, mama, and they're like, oh, man, Becca's mama and you're mommy. <laughs> so we're trying to, like, instill that into our family. It's a little bit of a transition. Mm-hmm. It'll take time. I mean, she's only six weeks old. You guys got to cut yourself some slack. Like, yeah. I feel like even me when I became mom, like, even that is a weird name to be, like, right. mom. And then referring to my husband as, like, dad Dad. it's weird like yeah it's just weird you know like why am I talking about you like that Um, it's weird I feel like I don't even call her like babe or baby or anything it's always mommy yeah I just like I feel like I call her that now transitions yeah do you catch yourself talking about yourself in third person oh yes yeah I'm like especially to her needs to go to work and I'm like why 
why don't I just say I need to go to work? Why am I saying <laughs> mommy needs to go to work? Like that's another person. Yes. Um, so you'll do that too. Uh, <laughs> how has your relationship with you each other changed since her arrival? Um, that's a good question. I'd I definitely know. say we have grown together. Mm-hmm. We've grown um, in the team aspect oh, yeah. um, just because – you know, I think I think it's great having a female partner just because I always see like <laughs> things on TikToks about like women breastfeeding at nighttime and they're the dad's just like sleeping and <laughs> it's like, you know, do your thing. And Becca's not like that. Like we'll wake up in the middle of the night, Becca will change her diaper and then I will feed her. And it's definitely like mm-hmm. we have established more of a team than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually got one when my parents were here and they were visiting um they watched her for a few hours so we got our first date night together as parents Aww, and yeah. so we actually and we have, have one scheduled for friday yeah, we have one uh, okay. set up for friday so i think um just making sure that we set a time aside um oh, to for have for each us. other like last night she you know went to bed around like nine thirty, and we were up for another hour just kind of spending know, time spending together. time together whether yeah. that's uh you know watching TikToks or, you know, watching movies or watching a new show. Uh, we try to make sure that we have at least time for each other. And we still. always make sure to like check in with each other as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mentally and physically having a newborn is definitely exhausting. So um, we definitely like check in on each other and, you know, like, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> mentally and physically. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like you guys are pros because, um no seriously because I feel like we like me and my husband went through some like rough stuff too when we had our first baby Mm -hmm. and it took us a while to get to the point of like we do need a date night or like you know we should get the after the kids get to bed we should like spend time together like we'll like now we'll drink like a glass of wine or something and like sit outside if it's nice or something like we'll just do something right and like um it's so great you guys are getting to that already and she's only like six weeks old um <laughs> took us like a few months to figure it out <laughs> i um, think the hardest so part I, is becca works like 13 hour shifts every two um for two days and then we get two days off and so it's a very hard to like almost like when she comes home from work i almost want to like yeah. hand her the baby and be like all right your turn yeah and so it's yeah, definitely that, finding yeah. compromise mm-hmm. mm. So that's why I try to be more hands-on when I'm off. So, like, when I'm off, you know, if I hear her crying, I'll be the one to go pick her up. I'll be the one to initiate, um, you know, bath time or uh, diaper changes or just, like, overall comfort so that, you know, it gives her a break because I understand that she goes through a lot now that I'm back at work. So. Yeah. It's going to – I mean, I think every – every couple goes through that in that newborn stage and you guys seem to be doing pretty well like I feel like <laughs> no honestly like you guys are in good spirits for um a couple with such a young baby and I felt like I was in the thick of it on probably until probably like the third month honestly like it was it was a rough fourth for me um yeah and it was I mean it was so great to chat with you guys I would love to um pick your brains on on any advice or message you would like to share with other moms, either like future or current, what's something you would love to share with them? So I think our piece of advice um, is something that Becca and I did in the beginning. Um, It would be to celebrate little accomplishments. Um, I remember when we first brought her home, we had a doctor's appointment the very next day at like eight o'clock in the morning. And so we woke up and we were like, 
we went through a whole night and she's still alive. <laughs> and we were like making jokes about it. And then, you know, we, we woke up early enough that we had time to, you know, do everything we wanted to. If we, if we can finish a hot cup of coffee without heating it up, it's an accomplishment. <laughs> that like, is no, that's major, right? I don't, it's, yeah, that it's is actually all about very the major. little things. Even because there's some days that I can finish a cup of coffee when it's still hot, and there's other times that I'm heating it up three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, but even the little things on the way to her doctor's appointment that day, we just you know sat back and we were like, we were able to get her in her car seat. We showed up to her appointment early, like you know it was mm-hmm. just. We try to do that every time stuff gets stressful, even if we've had like a really bad day and she's fussy all day, we like to sit in bed and like reflect on like the little accomplishments we did that day, mm. you know, to look back and say, oh, well, at least we got to finish our cup of coffee this morning mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. hey, she got and back time and she's in bed by nine. And a couple of weeks yeah. ago, she actually struggled or not struggled, but uh, she had RSV, coronavirus, and rhinovirus. Oh all together. All three of them. And it was very stressful. We got admitted for roughly about maybe 12 hours, maybe a little longer, maybe 15 hours. And so we spent the night, I guess, at the hospital. But yeah. while we were there, she had her first smile. She gave us her first smile. So, I mean, it's oh just like little God. things like that. Like, yes, we're going through stuff like this, but... She also, I guess, already tends to put us in our place. Like, hey, I know, you know, we're going through this, but hey, look, I can smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think about the little yeah. things. I so. love that advice because I, I do feel like parents are so hard on themselves and they don't realize like how far they've come. Exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's such great advice. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on the show today I of really course. appreciate your time and I, I know it's hard like you have a six week old you have a dog <laughs> I can hear um, I totally get it so I really appreciate it of course I had so much fun chatting with the Case family and hearing their labor and delivery throughout the episode the love and happiness of their relationship emanates as they recount the story of how their family came to be If you're looking for more information on the road to motherhood, please check out www.amaandco.com or follow us on our Instagram handle, amaandpercentco. If you want to chat about any episodes, feel free to join us on our Slack channel. Have a great week.